Hey, it's wonderful to have you back for this week's episode of the show. And I'm really excited about this one because this is something that uh, is really uh, a focus of attention for me in 2024 in my business. And it's about the business of speaking. It's about keynotes. It's about giving speeches. And why would you do that? It's funny how post-COVID many organizations have realized we want people back in the rooms. Virtual's great, but we would like people to be on stage at our sales kickoffs, our team meetings, our events, and so on. Our conferences, in fact. And so I think there's a massive opportunity in refining, developing and refining, and then productizing your message in the form of a speech or a keynote, if that's your preference, if you want to use that word, keynote speech. And so I'm speaking today with Maria Fransoni, and she is someone who has worked for many years in this business. And she was actually recommended to me by a previous guest, Sarah Furness. And so it's my pleasure today to introduce you to Maria. And we're going to talk about uh, the business of speaking, the business of literally creating a brand for yourself as a speaker. How do you market yourself? How do you produce something that's marketable? And what kinds of things do you have to do, including a speaker reel and a website? Uh, and get out there and work with things like planners, people like planners who can actually help you by introducing you to organizations that want to hear from someone just like you on site at some kind of event. This is the Training Business Podcast. Hey, and welcome to the trainingbusiness.com podcast. Every week, we bring you exciting news and interviews with training business experts and training business entrepreneurs from around the world. Thanks for tuning into today's episode. Here's your host, Mark Garrett Hayes. Hi, it's a pleasure to have you along again this week. Thank you for tuning in. This is the Training Business Podcast. And every Thursday without fail, there is an episode, whether it's with me or whether it's with a guest. And this week we have a guest on the show. And as I said before the music, I'm really excited with this one, about this one, because it's something that uh, I think many of us need to do more of, which is to get our message out there. Not many people want to travel necessarily, uh, but it's something which can pay dividends. If you're on a stage somewhere or someone hears you, uh, you might come off and get an introduction or a referral. And I think that if you can get your confidence together, get a message together, productize this in a way, perhaps with coaching with someone like Maria or other people, um, there is a massive opportunity. And that's something that I'm going to re-engage with, reinvigorate for my business in 2024. Maria, welcome to the show. Thank you very much for having me. We're speaking for a couple of reasons. First of all, a recent guest recommended you. The second reason is because many people who are experts in a field and want to come to the attention of prospective clients need some help. And often that is uh, or takes the shape of, of producing keynotes. The third reason is I also have a personal interest in listening to your expertise because I wouldn't think that I do enough of them. And uh, I think most people agreeing or having been to keynotes would agree that uh, you come away with not just a feel for your audience, you sometimes come away with introductions and often business. Let's start with your background, first of all. You currently are the founder and chief mentor uh, for Speaking Business Academy. But before that, a name that caught my eye is London Speaker Bureau. Let's go through your the background to what you do today, if that's okay. 
Absolutely. So uh, I started in this industry in 1998. Um, obviously, I was a babe in arms, clearly. Um, and <laughs> Just like me. <laughs> yeah. If, uh, and I didn't know anything about it, actually. I didn't know what a speaker bureau was. I didn't know it, exist it existed. And um, I had come from a, a background of, uh, I'd been a management consultant where I'd been speaking at very senior level with people. And the advert was very cryptic. It was actually CSA originally, Celebrity Speakers. They changed the name to CSA. Back in 1998, celebrity meant you were celebrated. Now, of course, it means you've been on TV and taking your clothes off. So it's sort of changed a bit, you know. Um, so I, I started there. I followed this cryptic advert, the idea of negotiating at very senior level, both sides, senior speakers, senior clients. And I, that appealed to me. And I entered this amazing, fantastic world of speaking. Um London Speaker Bureau poached me after about two and a half, three years because I kept stealing business from them. So they got annoyed. Um, and I worked with them for, for a few years. And then I decided I wanted to shake up the industry and do some different things and raise standards. Um, and I couldn't do that internally because by that point, I'd helped London Speaker Bureau grow uh, quite dramatically. And you're now trying to direct a lot of people, a lot of different cultures, different nationalities. And they allowed me to set up what was the only UK-based um, sort of office where I could run it myself in my own way, but I was also still attached to them for their support. And I had access to their database, which for me was a huge win-win. And for them, it was a way of having like a, a little satellite office that was sort of more or less an innovator. So I ran my own business, but we always cross-fertilised. Um, so, and I still interfered with the running of, of London Speaker Bureau. So I did that up until 2021 when I switched and started working with speakers. Hmm. Quick way through the, the career. <laughs> so what kinds of people do you help these days and, and how? It varies dramatically, actually. Um, I work with some people who are hugely, hugely successful and making a lot of money speaking and got great businesses, but either have plateaued, got stuck, or want to perhaps do work where they're no longer having to be present themselves, where they can they can have some um, income streams where they don't have to quite do so much traveling or they want to change their, their topic or positioning. And I also work at the other extreme with people who are starting out from zero who've never been paid. Um, and they might have done some speaking, maybe just Toastmasters, maybe through their job sharing expertise. And they're saying, how do I monetize what I, I am able to do, what I can bring to clients on the stage? So it's a huge variety and it's totally international because my experience is international. Mm -hmm. So if we take someone who is listening and thinking, I would love that, but where do I start? I have no showreel. I have no references. I have no footage. I've no idea of how to get in front of people, but I know that if I do, it will lead to big things. The first thing to do is to actually tell people it's something that you do. It's part of your portfolio of services. Mm -hmm. one, of the, one of the big mistakes most people make is that they don't let anybody know that they are available for hire to speak right? You look at their LinkedIn and they say, oh yeah, I want to do more speaking. And there's nothing on there about speaking. Or you look at their website and say, I want to do more speaking. There's nothing on there to say, actually, I, I am available to speak. So that would be the very first thing. Um, and yes, yeah, showreel at some point is wonderful. If you can't get to the showreel, um, you can start with other video footage because clients need to know, how do you speak? What's your tone of voice? What's your accent? What's your pace? What's your style? What's your personality? So it doesn't necessarily need a showreel, which is the ultimate, but you, it needs some form of video. I think many of us look at um, some speakers. I have a couple of names like Erica Dawan and uh, a few others, and I go, I'll never get there. 
it's just so in the distance. Um, they have this vision of uh, traipsing across the world, trying to get some um, attention from some small business. How do I get to the big stage? What would you say to people who perhaps who can't join the dots between where they are now and where they'd like to be two or three years? And what is the timeline to get there? It depends is the answer um, right. because it depends. I thought what you'd else say that. <laughs> well, it depends what else you've got going on. You see, yeah. if you're focusing 100% on the speaking, you will get there much faster than if you're also running a business, also mentoring other people, also on boards of other. So really also writing a book, you know, so it depends how much you know, as a, as a, you know, in business, whatever you focus on, you can make happen much faster, right? We know that. So it does, it does vary. I think the big mistake most people make is they, they think the big stages are the answers, right? Are mm -hmm. the answer. And a lot of time it's not the big stage because often a big stage doesn't have the high level audience that you might be looking for. If you're looking for senior people, you don't get 10,000 senior people in one in one space very often. It's quite rare. So often if you're going for a 10,000 audience, it might be a public audience that have paid a ticketed event. It might be a variety of people. You might not be going after the target you're after. So I would say the first thing is before you decide what it is that you want to do is decide who is your target? Who, who are the people you really want to be working with? And what's the problem you solve for them before you start you know, working out that trajectory of where you want to go? Mm -hmm. Okay. So when you work with clients, do you help them to create a, an understanding of what actually makes a keynote? Because the way it's been explained to me is that keynote is not training and it's not something that uh, you do, you know, um, half-heartedly. It's something you have to refine, practice. And I've been surprised when I've talked to people that they've described their keynotes as a product. It literally has been rehearsed so many times. It has a defined beginning ending and content. They know exactly where they're going to make a joke or tell a story. Um, what is that like, that process of identifying, refining and productizing an actual keynote? Okay. So first of all, I'd, I'd like to sort of uh, ban the word keynote in many ways because okay. um, it's just one speech. A keynote is just one speech at a conference. Um, often it's the opening speech or it's the closing speech. Um, as an opening speech, it's the one that sets the scene. Um, it shouldn't be interactive. It should give you one clear thought, clear message and leave people feeling a certain way. As a closing keynote, it should wrap the whole event up in terms of how people mm -hmm. are going away and feeling in a certain way. That's one speech. There are so many other speeches at a conference or event, and too many people focus just on that keynote and are limiting themselves. And yes, that keynote has, is usually the star turn. So that does have to be really, really excellent. Now, I do in speaking business, I deal with the business side, the, you know, how do you get paid? How do you get the business? How do you get booked? How do you position yourself? My, I have a partner called Mary Tilson Wharton who deals with creating that keynote speech that answers the client's objectives, that mm. delivers that really strong message. And she has a wonderful formula and format, but also because she's been a booker herself. So she's been in corporate where she's booked and she's, she's trained and worked in a speaker bureau with me. She knows exactly what those high paying clients are looking for in terms of that speech. Um, and more often than not, she's taking stuff out rather than putting stuff in because most speakers try to cram too much into a speech. I'm putting my hand up here. Yes. Guilty of that. So if we talk about the business side of things for a second, uh, what kinds of organizations look for a speech or a speaker? Because there are many, I'm sure. 
Absolutely. And you have to narrow down who your audience is going to be. But anybody who is running a conference or an event and wants an external expert is looking for a speaker. So in a way that narrows it down. If you're running conferences or events, you're looking for speakers. Okay. And the person who is typically looking for speakers, identifying talent is a booker or a planner, right? That's one type of person. Yes. Uh, You've also got within companies, it could be anybody actually, because there are a lot of people who love getting involved with the event and will volunteer to be part of it. Some companies have their own internal teams that will book speakers. Sometimes it's left to the talent team. Sometimes it's left to HR. Sometimes it's left to the marketing team because they also deal with external events. So it, it really varies. So the question to ask is who books speakers for your conferences and events? Okay. So let's imagine that I have a keynote coming up. How much time should I put into preparing for that? Typically for, let's say, a 30-minute talk. And I know that the answer might be it depends, but uh, give me some outline perhaps. The shorter the talk, the harder it is. So actually, the fact that it's 30 minutes is probably harder than preparing a 45-minute or a 90-minute because you've you've really got to be clear on what what is relevant. Now, if you've got a structure, you can do it very quickly and very easily. So if you use Mary's structure, it's super easy once you've practiced. Um, But it also depends whether you're... I I don't like it when people memorize. You talked about people memorizing. I actually don't like that. I prefer it that you you know what your structure is going to be. So you memorize your structure and then speak and tell the story, tell the tell the anecdotes, uh, explain the messaging. I think that's much more natural. I, I prefer it when it's a conversation with the audience rather than a performance. Mm. But that's now, my personal opinion. Okay. And a few people have obviously an advantage in the sense that they have a book or they've got some program and they're well known. What if someone hasn't yet any training or or a book or a course, they just literally have this desire to be on stage. Where would you go, start with them? The more you speak, the more you speak. So get out there and speak for free and get out there, get more people that see you, will be talking about you, will be saying, you know, this was great, but that just get out there, get out there. And I did recently do a newsletter actually about where, how to get started as a paid speaker. So maybe we could share the link um, because yeah. it gives a list of various places where you can get started. But a comedian who goes out on the road will do at their set 70, 80 times the year before, before they then go out on tour. The the speakers need to really keep practicing and getting it right, getting it really honed. And therefore the free ones are the ones to try that. And I wouldn't try a new speech every time. I would work out your speech, your structure, and then change five minutes, test five different minutes every time. So if you've got 45 minute speech, over time, you'll then hone those sections. You said the magic word, paid. What can someone expect to be paid at some point as a starting uh, rate? It depends who your target market is. I know I keep saying it depends, but it does. Mm. Um, anything from few, a few hundred, which was not what we were interested in. So, um, But really, ideally, you want to be charging four figures for a speech at least. Um, and of course, that can go to five figures or six figures in the future. So. Ideally, if you are an expert in an area, you want to be charging at least four figures. Okay. Um, Are there particular themes which resonate particularly well? For example, sales is something that uh, is always attractive. Um, Mental resilience 
uh, goal setting, those kinds of things? Are there particular themes which are really attractive to an organization? Perhaps it's something which saves them money or helps them to be aware of some option or opportunity. Anything that solves a problem for them. Mm-hmm. If you're solving a problem, then and so what, like one of the big problems at the moment is the disruption of AI. We're all being disrupted by it. What does it mean? How is it going to affect our workforce? That's a, an issue for everybody. Uh, another issue that that clients are dealing with at the moment is that human connection. We've still got people working remotely. We've got people who come back into the office. We're still dealing with the aftermath of having been drastically disrupted in in COVID. And we haven't sort of got that connection right and our our relationships right again. So there's all sorts of things that are going on. A topic that is evergreen um, is creativity always comes up and anything related to people is always relevant, Mm. always relevant. Right. On your website, then you have um, a couple of things. You have resources and templates, you have video courses And you also have speaking and business coaching. So you offer coaching um, a series of programs. Let's talk about those. So for people wanting to work with you, what would you offer them typically and how would that work over time? So to start off with, I'd want to have a, a, a chat to understand where they're at now, where they want to be, what the gap is and whether I can help them get to where they want to be or not, because I can't work with everybody. Not everybody is is suited to the the business that I know and, and understand. So sometimes I have to tell them, actually, this isn't my thing. Um, but if it is a good match, then we will come up together with a, a, a solution. I personally like to work one-to-one ideally with people because I can go as fast as they can go. I, I don't believe in taking a long time to have success. I've been a business owner myself for a long time. We want to make money quickly, right? All of us, it's important. We want to be profitable. So if they are ha- prepared to go one-to-one, we will go fast. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. And what I always do, I always work out how many sessions we need to do together, but I say to them, let's just do one. Let me move you forward. Let me show you how far I can take you in one session. When you're happy, come back and book another one. And they always come back, which is great, which is great. I don't frighten them too much. <laughs> okay. And then you also have, you mentioned uh, Mary. So that's also one of the things that you offer. It's uh um, Mary Tilton Wharton speech creation coaching. W- what does what does that look like in terms of the process? Without giving your secret sauce away, what what is typically involved in uh, nailing down a key theme and changing or converting that from an idea into an actual speech with with a, a specific audience? I mean, the starting point is really understanding what that speaker's um, experience, credibility, and expertise is. And to say, is there something there that is current and relevant to the market today where mm-hmm. people are booking speakers and can it be um, monetized? Is it commercial? So that's the starting point because sometimes the speaker will come to, to me and say, this is what I'm talking about. And then I'll say to them, what do you want to do with that? Or well, I want to make such and such money every year. And, I, and I'm thinking that's no one's going to pay you for that. And then you have to sort of unravel well, what else is the expertise. And you'll often find actually if you adjust it this way. So the starting point is is finding something that's going to be marketable and commercial before you start working on it. That's the big mm. beginning process. And understanding part of that is understanding who the bookers are in a bit more depth and understanding what they're looking for, because the biggest problem for somebody booking a new speaker is that fear that they're making a mistake. 
So you have to reassure them and give them everything that they need to reassure them. So that, that's the starting point. Once you've got that topic and theme, we sort of and fleshing it out, that's when Mary steps in and helps out because there's no point working on a topic until it's the correct topic. Um, and it's it's about scoping what the market will need what the clients will be looking for and then saying, right, from your expertise, let's structure it and let's make it as impactful as possible. And Mary's passionate about embedding learning and embedding messages. She doesn't want somebody to go in and speak and it's forgotten next week. She wants that to be memorable. It's really important, that memorability, um, and that, that, that people can take action from the speech, either thinking differently, feeling differently, or going and doing something different. It's really vital. Mm. Thinking back on your time, what kinds of success stories have you seen where someone is perhaps a bit nervous, has imposter syndrome, but within a short amount of time working with you and Mary, they are now doing X, Y, Z. Now, Sarah, who was on the show a few weeks ago, said that she's now a full-time speaker, a former uh, Royal Air Force fighter pilot. She now makes a full-time living. Can everyone do that? Um, is that actually a reachable um, ambition do you think? So, so Mark, the work is in the getting of the gigs. The 80% of the business is getting the gigs and 20% is delivering them. If you are prepared to do the business side, which a lot of people don't want to do the sales and marketing, right? You know this because this is your one of your areas, right? So nobody is going to book you and sell you them for you. No one's going to do it for you when you're starting out. They will all be in queuing up once you've got some success, right? That's when you go to the bureaus and the agents and you get representation. But when you're starting out, nobody's interested. So you've got to do that. If you're prepared to do the legwork, which Sarah did, right? She set herself up for success. She had a, a professional, well, obviously I interfered, a professional <laughs> website, a showreel, LinkedIn. Um, we, we actually changed her topic. I don't know if she shared that with you, but we changed her topic and her positioning. Um, and made it very appealing. But what Sarah has got is she's a really good speaker. She's a really good speaker. And that's not something that's happened overnight. That's because she was speaking a lot as part of her job. So she, and she also has a great personality. That likability factor is quite important. If you're not likable, just don't bother trying, right? Just don't do it. Do something else. <laughs> it will be tough. I mean, there will be people who will probably say, not for us. Uh, that's it. Thank you very much. You know, we've all had clients where we think we'll succeed. And for some reason, they don't like us. So we don't like them. And there's no next step. But for people listening, it's a really good idea to at least try it because you'll be heard and you'll get feedback from your audience. And sometimes that even leads into understanding that there's a, a need for training or coaching or something you hadn't yet thought of. And it comes up through the process of interacting with a live audience. It's so easy these days to hide behind our laptop, right? And say, well, the only research or, or, or um, marketing I'll do or selling myself or even speaking is going to be on a screen. I, I've, I firmly believe that post-COVID, there's a massive opportunity to stand out. And that means to stand up, to get on stage somewhere. Um, so as a final tip for someone listening who's still not um, fully confident that this is something that might work for them, what would you say? Gosh, that's a really difficult question to answer. Um, that they're not fully confident. Uh, have a chat with somebody who can tell you whether you've got something worth pursuing or not. 
And maybe you might not be confident because the timing might not be right as well. Okay. Sometimes it's a matter of timing. What you said just now, though, was really excellent in that, you know, the speaking and the feedback, it really helps you hone your thinking. The, the more you speak, it helps you uh, really get that expertise uh, to be able to communicate it better. And, and often people write a book too soon. And if you go out speaking, it really helps you to structure that book in a really excellent way because you're now able to deliver that content more eloquently. You know, that's, that's, that's um, a really good point. I've often wondered, had I waited a while, uh, in the case of my book, I might have had a, a better message. But um, still, a book is better than no book. But it's a great point. If you are interacting with your audience, you might just hear something, and that might generate an idea for a book, a course, or something else. Maria, where can people find out more about you and connect? We've mentioned gonna- a few resources. Before, before I answer that, I'm going to disagree with you. Okay. A bad book is not better than no book. Okay. <laughs> In the same way, a bad showreel is not better than a good, uh, than no showreel. So um, best way to get in touch with me, LinkedIn. I love LinkedIn. So you can find yeah. me, Maria Franzoni, on LinkedIn. Okay. And your website then is Maria Franzoni. And my website's mariafranzoni.me. Me. Maria, thank you so much for being my guest today on the show. Thank you, Mark. Huge thanks to Maria for being my guest this week in the show. And you can find out more about Maria by checking out her website. Uh, you'll find it online. Maria is Maria Franzoni, R-F-R-A-N-Z-O-N-I. And of course, all links will be over on the episode page for this week's show. And that's www.mariafranzoni.me. And you'll find Maria has got things like resources and templates, some video courses, and then mentions speaking and business coaching and so on. So she is a consultant just like you and me, but she helps people just like you and me to become speakers and to monetize that. And that's exactly something you'll find value in. There is a fresh episode of the show next Thursday on your podcast platform of choice. If you've not yet subscribed, please do so. Please click on follow or subscribe right now and you'll be notified of great episodes as they come out. Until next week, look after yourself. Bye for now. once more for listening to this episode of the trainingbusiness.com podcast. See you next time.